caught up in a vision. I'm riding down the road on a Harley with the wind blowing my hair. And your head's bobbing. Yeah. You remember, you remember the old Saturday Night Live skit? They, they did the, you Do can't see me to, doing I mean, it with their really, heads. That really ages us. <laughs> well, it's true, but yeah. But people know I'm old already anyway. They just didn't know you were old. It's actually, I used to tell you about that old. I remember now. What? When you were young, I would tell you about that. Oh, skit. yes. I vaguely, <laughs> vaguely remember that, which tells my age. <laughs> <laughs> um, I must tell them about it as a memory. The memory I had, so it was several years before your time. Yeah, you know the old joke yeah, I, about memory. I stole you because I, I cradle robbed because you're so oh, so. I'm so much younger yes. than you. You are, at least, in appearance, at least in beauty. You have been called my dad before. I have. It's true. That was when you had your very white. You still have a white beard, but it was I had a big long. You had a duck uh, dynasty. Beard. I know. I COVID nineteen quarantine trimmed my beard. For those of you who know me in my big white beard, you know, the barbershop's closed, and I decided to trim my own beard. It was not a good result. The barbershop <laughs> is closed, but you know that I know how to use clippers. You do. You cut hair very well, but I was trying to be helpful, and I trimmed it myself. <laughs> yep. And you had to keep trimming because it was not the Oh, right I guard. did not do well at all. Yeah, yeah, it's the wrong guard. And I have a short white beard. <laughs> Yeah. Noah saw you the other day, one of our sons, and he just said, Oh, God, Mom, please don't ever let Daddy shave his beard off. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like the way you looked without your beard. Yeah. So well, it was, I think you. it's you now. It was difficult to uh, explain to my granddaughter that the beard was oh, shorter, no, too. She didn't know what to think we, about She that. started this panic look on her face, like, I don't know who you are, and I'm never speaking to you again. And so I started laughing and saying, Isn't Pop's face funny? That may not have been the best decision. Now every time she sees me, she says, Pop, your face is funny. <laughs> so anyway, all right, we're going to talk about dreams. Enough about beards and age. Yeah. So what do you think about dreams? Dreams are good. Dreams are good. And, you know, I used to get frustrated that I couldn't remember my dreams, but I'm dreaming so much. Maybe the Lord is saying, you know what, you don't have to know all of them. And, um, you know, a lot of people uh, use the term deja vu. We've talked about that uh, on podcasts before where you feel like you've met someone or you feel like you've been somewhere before. Sometimes it's a dream. And maybe it's not something that needs to be interpreted or something that uh, you really need to focus on the meaning of. It just may be that God is showing you a glimpse of something. This is just one of the theories. God is showing you a glimpse of something so that when you get there, you'll know that it was, that it's, God that was not knew. surprised by yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost said God ordained, but that's not necessarily true. No, but he was not surprised by it. He's not surprised yeah. by it. So you meet someone, you go, I feel like I've met you before. And I can remember thinking, uh, because uh, I'm a born-again Christian, I used to think, oh, I can't have deja vu. That's kind of new agey you know, kind of thing. And, um, I, you know, I just used to think it was terrible, but it happened to me all the time. So well, now, yeah, but, but that's the thing, isn't it? That, that we have so often Christians have looked at new age or things like that almost with a disdain instead of recognizing there is a spiritual realm 
that's real. And you were tapping into that spiritual realm. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I stayed away from it. It scared me to stay away from it, you know. But now that I've, I don't know, I'm not going to say now that I've fully matured. I mean, now that I'm just getting older and I, the more I study the word, the more I'm, the more I'm exposed to other believers uh, of the Christian faith and just people in the world. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm like I've taken a softer stance against things. I just know that God's love permeates so much more than our judgment and our rigidness and our, because it does. And people are looking for spiritual things Yeah, in the new age community. There's a desire for spiritual things in the, the psychic um, community. There's a desire for spiritual things. And the Christian community has not always flowed in that desire for spiritual things. And I think what we've come to learn is not that, you know, that everybody's just okay. It's much more that the Christian community needs to pursue a desire for spiritual things. Yeah. I happen to think we get a cleaner, purer view of the spiritual realm than some other groups do, not picking on any particular group in you know in particular but just that we have a cleaner clearer view of it uh and and that means when we talk about dreams we can bring something to the table that's why our total audience is not all christians because we're bringing a picture of the spiritual realm to the table that's opening up the eyes of christians and it's inspiring interest Outside of the Christian community, we're Christians, but it inspires interest and, and, and desire to learn outside of that community. And one of the things we wanted to talk about today was one of those little kind of different areas of the spiritual realm that's, yeah. that can have Christians sometimes go, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's right. You know, um, uh, we, we were actually on a Zoom meeting yesterday, and some things were happening, and it, it just piqued my interest, and I remembered that I'd had a dream. And uh, one of the things that was happening was people were on the, uh, mentioning needs in other countries. Because of the quarantine, uh, there's less travel for people. People are in their homes. They're not on the streets. So you have a lot of street people. In India? Yeah, we were talking to a friend in India who was talking about how bad that situation is with the immigrants and the people yes. from the villages who had been in the city and were sort of trapped there in the bigger cities. Yes. Like, I don't remember the number. It was thousands of people who were trapped, could not get home. Could not, and some who and, had and tried, hundreds had died trying, trying to, to get, get home. home. Yeah. So, you know, they're like, okay, they're just sheltering in place. They kind of made this little makeshift city for these people. So... How are they getting fed? You know, so they're having to feed them. So this is popping yeah. up. Street and then, vendors used to yeah. feed them, just give them their extras yes. to the poor. Yes. And street vendors aren't doing anything right now. Exactly. So they don't have extras. So to it's get not to even them. necessarily about, you know, tourists. It's about people who are, who, yeah. who are always busy on the street. They can beg for money and they can go buy something sometimes. There's none of that. There's zero. We were so seeing that when we were talking to people. We were seeing that in India. We were seeing it in Honduras. Yes. We were seeing it. This is just people we were yeah, personally I mean, talking to. Yeah, we were all to. actually talking to someone else mm -hmm. who's in 
Honduras. They were on the Zoom, I think, and yep. they were just saying, okay, here's our needs. You know, there's fires here and fires going on. There's no rain, but, you know, rain miraculously came through the other day. And then, you know, but they still need food to feed people. We so. think about the virus. We don't always think about all the other peripheral Exactly. problems that are caused exactly. by it. And so we were having conversations on that. Yes. And just honestly, as Christians, we were praying for those people. Absolutely. I don't really think it matters right now what faith you are. Yeah. We need to seek the God of creation. Yeah. To intervene, and we for weren't just praying, and that's what we were doing. We were yes, asking, we were, and we weren't just praying. We also sent, we're sending money to, yeah, them we're as sending well. support, and, right, so, um, anyway, and raising support. So for as this is happening, and this may happen to you, and this is where we have to just be aware of of what's going on around us, and and how our Creator God wants to speak to us, and that is, I was reading all the prayer requests and everything coming through on Facebook and we were doing it on Zoom. We were doing both. And um, I realized day before yesterday, I'd had a dream and I say it was a dream. I'm sitting on a, uh, on some bleachers, like in a gymnasium and there's things going on. And this lady, an African American, no, it was an African lady. She wasn't American. It was an African lady came up. She had a kerchief on her head. So she had a head covering. This was in your dream. Yeah. yeah. And she walks up the gymnasium stairs. I'm kind of at the top and she sits down right beside me and she starts praying for Africa. And so I just started praying along with her. And it was a very intense, a very focused prayer. So when you guys were praying for India and China, I realized my portion was, don't forget Africa. You know, that was that was something that was happening in my dream. And in my dream, I was praying for Africa. Two things to me that stand out to that. Well, three. One is, God's not caught by surprise. He knew that we would be praying for these other nations. And, that and he I, had a specific... Desire for us to pray, yes. and, and you particularly yes, to pray that was, for that region. Yes. The other thing is, oh God, let's hope I remember my three things that I just thought of a second ago. <laughs> was that how is it that he set the stage for this woman to come up the stairs? Was that some type of an encounter? Yeah, you want to say your third thing before I address that I'm second a, I'm one? I'm scared because so, I can't remember it now. Okay, well, maybe you'll remember <laughs> okay. it as I talk about your second one because that's a thing that I found fascinating with your dream and for discussion and for us to talk about today was who appeared in your dream? Yeah. Was that a metaphor? Yeah. A Just a picture of Africa? Uh, the was that woman a metaphor for those who were praying for Africa? Was that woman a metaphor for those who were in need in Africa? Was that just a metaphor? And and the feel of that particular dream, and we didn't get into all of it, but the feel of that particular dream doesn't feel to me like that woman was a metaphor. And there's part partly a reason for that. There was no name to apply there. She did she represent a region. She didn't talk to me. She didn't speak. There was no particular message in it. Mm-hmm. There was no representation of what the need for prayer was. Right. There was rather prayer, but not she didn't represent the need for prayer. She represented someone who was praying. So yes, we could interpret that dream to say that she was by example indicating to you a need for prayer for Africa. But that doesn't feel right in my spirit and my discernment as the interpretation for it. So when you feel that way, you have to begin to ask yourself about a dream. If an interpretation doesn't feel right 
inside of you. If that discernment, that spirit-to-spirit communication that we talk about as being the heart of interpretation, if it doesn't feel right spirit-to-spirit, you can't just say, well, because that's normally what it is, it's what it has to be. Yeah. And that's where we get into a risky area for conversation on this episode of our podcast because I think that means there's only two other possibilities and both of them kind of freak people out sometimes. Mm, they do. And that that's because the only other two possibilities. Now, honestly, we talk about this all the time too. The only other two possibilities I can see doesn't mean there's not a possibility. I don't see True. that's the correct one. But the only other two possibilities I can see is was this a spiritual being who was coming to set the tone for prayer. And then the really freaky one, was this a person from Africa who came into the dream, translated, transported, they would say, uh, in a spiritual way, entering into your dream to set the tone for prayer? Now, why would that freak some people out? Well, it freaks some people out because you think, well, you know, that's uh, that's weird. That's strange. You know, that's again back to what we talked about earlier. We've looked at certain things that were new age or other arenas and said, it's evil, you know, kind of a thing. My God is a creator. The God of creation. And there is nothing that exists that he didn't create. Right. If if I don't think the new age has all the answers, it doesn't mean they're not seeing something that's spiritually real that I need to redeem to see brought into its full spiritual life for good and for God and for God's glory. That's a different perspective. It's interesting that you use the word redeem. It re- we really don't even need to redeem it. It's uh, it's ours. Yeah, really. Well, I mean, when you think from, about from it, my perspective, yeah. that is a spiritual uh, dynamic that was created by my God that's being used in a lesser state than it's capable of. Yeah, and so that's why I have friends who are New Age and they don't see me as being against them. Yeah, they see me as seeing things differently from them. Yeah, I because I would love for them to experience the fullness of that spiritual journey that I experience or that I feel that I experience. And, 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 and that's a much different relationship than just, Oh, they're evil. That's, you know, kind of, because when we take the, Oh, they're evil kind of concept, we don't see the spiritual things that we have access to. We close ourselves off. We do. We do. And we don't even look to see if there might be something, you know, um, in the, the good book that might help us along that way. Right. Because there were some interesting and really weird things that happen in scripture that really would freak people out if they focused on it. In the Hebrew writings that we call the old Testament, the old covenant, there are some experiences in which individuals are literally picked up physically now, not in a dream, physically, literally picked up from one spot and moved to a different spot miles away. Yeah. The, the example in Scripture would come in First Kings, where we see this happening when they're looking for Elijah, and Obadiah, I think is the guy's name, the servant's name, who goes out and looks for him, and he finds him on a mountaintop. 
Yeah, how would he get there? He and he, well, I don't know how he got there to that <laughs> particular mountaintop. There. He walked up there, but but the, the here's what happens. Elijah says to that servant, "Go tell the king I'm here." And the servant looks at Elijah and says, "You've lost your mind. I'm not going to go tell the king that you're here because everybody knows that if I tell him you're here, God's just going to pick you up and sit you down on another mountaintop. Why? Because it happens all the time. We don't read that all the time, but that's what it says. Yeah, yeah. And he and didn't want the king mad at him. He so didn't want the king he... mad at him. So that is a supernatural experience, a spiritual encounter of a person being transported, moved from one spot to the other. If that could happen, and I believe it can, I believe the Bible has a lot of things that are pictures and imagery, but I also believe it's predominantly literal. Uh, that the the metaphors in the Bible, the, that the the images of the Bible, are distinguishable from the literal I- events in the way it's worded and the way it's written. And that was a literal occurrence where Elijah was being picked up from one spot and dropped down in another spot. Well, that's why I asked you how he got on the mountain. <laughs> it may be how he got on the mountain. And, <laughs> did he and walk so, up there? Did he get dropped there? You know. I mean, well, well, and I mean, there's another example in what Christians. Some Christians see will say, "Well, that was Jewish," you know. So they get in their mind and say, "You know, so that was Jewish. That's the old covenant." We know of a New uh, Testament. But there's in, in the book of John, they get on a boat, and Jesus has to come walking to them on the water because. The storm's so bad right. after he's fed 5,000 people. He walks out. They think he's a ghost, all that whole story of what's going on. Everything and that's what gets, people focus on, Yeah, isn't that's it? what people focus that's, on. That's yeah. one of the things that's really cool. Yeah. But So he, he, he gets, oh, there's so many supernatural things in that story. I know. He sees them with telescopic vision from the top of the mountain. He sees them in the middle of the sea. It says, and looking, Jesus saw them wrestling against the waves. Did he see them physically he with telescopic saw, vision, with or did he have a eyes. vision? Of Which them? one does it matter? It doesn't. It's still a supernatural event. Anyway, then the walking on the water. Remind me to tell you something later. Oh, I'll, I'll forget. I'm sure. So <laughs> this will be the third. Thing. Yeah. Then he's walking on the water, and he comes, and they they're terrified, but they get it all worked out. He gets in the boat, and then the passage says, "I'm, I'm not going to tell you where it's at. I'm going to make you go look for it." It, it, it says this. It says. And they, they, we know they were only about halfway across the sea. It's a really big lake, but it's a sea in that region. And so they're only about halfway across. About three hours they've been rowing against the wind trying to get across. They're only about halfway. He gets into the boat, and it says, and when he stepped into the boat, immediately they were at the other side. Yeah, it didn't say they, in a few hours. The boat, or... the disciples, Jesus, everybody. Immediately they were at the other side. Yeah, cool. So same kind of thing. Those are supernatural encounters, spiritual experiences. And if they can happen in real life, a person physically getting picked up and moved, then certainly God can pick a person up in the spirit and put them down somewhere else, like in a dream. So I don't think it's far-fetched to think it could have been a person yeah. from Africa who was demonstrating, displaying the need for Right, and we don't see those dreams all the time. I mean, those are things that I I rarely have that sort of a dream where someone's not speaking, but you, I mean, a whole scenario plays out. Those are the dreams where you want to look and go, hmm, was that what, was that an encounter where no one was speaking and just these things happened and I just observed? There yeah. were there was not like a whole, whole scenario where I'm watching something play out before me and I have to interpret all these metaphors. That's right. Unless people think that you're just weird. 
on this. You could be. That's true. Okay. We'll just acknowledge that you're weird. But since you're weird, less people think that's not reality, that that's not something we should talk about or that's not real or nobody else has that kind of thing. Our spiritual mentor, our my spiritual father, uh, John Paul Jackson, used to share the story before he passed away. He shared the story of being very, very sick with a fever, uh, thought he was in bed, dying. thought he was dying, and uh, a ma- having a dream. He was in another country, wasn't no, he? No, he was here in the U.S., oh, okay. and he has a dream, and a man from another country, a Hispanic, Latino man, very poor dressed, looked like he'd just come out of a hut. In fact, I think, I can't remember whether John Paul said he he was taken to the hut or the man came from the hut. I don't remember which it was. I think he was taking, yeah. taken. E- either, either way, there was a move in the dream, and the man prays for him, and he's completely healed, and fever's gone, and everything that was going on is gone. And there he is. It's it's. Done. We have a friend who just posted this week on the yeah, internet yeah. about a similar situation. Yeah, did you read? I did not, okay. but I was so hearing about our it. Our friend, so. uh, um, uh, I know she doesn't mind us sharing this because it's really cool. Um, well, she wrote she, it publicly on Facebook. Yes, yeah, she so. did. So she said she was um, she, this. Just don't call her name since yeah, we didn't talk Yeah, this young man, a young guy i think man came to her and laid hands on her knee and she began to explain how previously she had been working in the garden her knee had gotten really painful and sore and i think she's had a lot of issues with uh, some of her legs and stuff and so some injuries and stuff and she's just been in a lot of pain and so uh, she the the person laid hands on her in the dream and prayed for her for healing and then she woke up from there and she was like wow that was really powerful that that Whoever that was in my dream that prayed for me had just had a lot of spunk and power. And then she just started walking around in her house, and she wasn't thinking about it. And then she realized, my knee's not hurting. Wow. I may, it was a healing dream, yeah. really, you know. But the question is, was that a metaphor? Yeah. Was that a spiritual being, or was that a person in the dream? Right. And I don't know that we can always answer what it yeah. was. Particularly, we can kind of have a sense and a feel it wasn't metaphorical. It was something more legitimate, like we talked about at the very beginning. Yeah. But I don't know if it really matters if we get down to an absolute right. answer of was it a person or was it a, a, a spiritual being, an angel? Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I don't know that it matters except for this reason. I think this is my third point. It really magnifies who our creator God is. That yes. He's not limited by anything. And we I love being in awe of my creator. And so I I'm I'm amazed. So so in that moment I had a for me because uh, you were in here in the kitchen. I was in another room in the house and I had a a what I would call um kind of like communion with my creator because he was intimately speaking to me about current situations that are going on that I had kind of tossed to the side. I'm not saying I tossed my dream to the side, but I woke up that morning. I almost told you what had happened. I thought, no, my goodness, I know I drive him crazy. So I'm just not even going to share it. I'll just keep that to myself. And then it was revealed a day later. Oh, this is what that was. This is what the connection is. 
I could have tossed it aside and not thought anything else about it and us not even be having this conversation right now. So right. we need to be keenly aware that our Creator God is actively at work all around us. And we we don't have to always say, God, what do you want me to do? What's your will? What's your purpose for me? What you know, those are questions we don't even have to ask sometimes. Yeah. We just need to say, God, where are you at work? And well, how can I join you in what you are already doing? Well, it's true because God is big enough to take a dream from just a dream to something more than a metaphor. Yeah. He, he is big enough to do that. And, 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 and that brings up the question, because I know this is the next logical step in this process based on what we've talked about, and, and I, I suspect we might get a question about it, so I'll go ahead and answer it. We've been talking about dreams out of these two or three examples of people showing up in our dreams, transported from somewhere else, spiritually included, whatever you want to call it. But we have a, another friend who's also passed away who used to show up in people's dreams. Yeah. He would be there to pray for. And he occasionally ran into a situation where he was having the dream that he was in someone else's dream. And they would then share that he was in their dream, and independently at another point in time and place, mm -hmm. he would share that he had had them in his dream. And so the question becomes, what if you're not the person who is receiving someone or an angelic being or whatever into your dream? What if you're having a dream that you're the one praying for somebody? Yeah. Is it possible that you might actually be doing that. Oh, to me, I mean, I with God, all things are possible. You know, it's, it's true. You know, mm. I was thinking, too, about how... Uh, Dreams break the bounds of reality. We already know that. Yeah. And so why not break all those bounds? If you can have a dream where you can breathe underwater, yeah. you, you can have a dream that also breaks the dimension of of what we think reality is even awake. Yeah. I had a dream the other night I was breathing underwater. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, I, I was in a meeting one time, and I was I kind of had like this, this I, I would say, a daydream or a vision of my son. And um, he I, I, I had this vision of him. It was like I had a quickening in my my spirit and my knower, you know. And, and I love it when you say that. Yes. And I, I had felt a knowing like, in my knower. I felt like I was supposed to call him and warn him. Um, so I... I had this vision of him being in a bar, and um, I, so I called him. I said, hey. He goes, hey. I said, what are you doing? He goes, nothing. So I was kind of relieved. I was like, oh, he's probably sitting home. I said, well, I just felt like I was supposed to call you because I just saw you walking into a bar, and I said, um, and something happened. And he goes, okay, well. I am sitting in a bar, Mom. I was like, oh, okay. Well, um, I, and I saw you. You were sitting there, and you had on a, a jeans and a long-sleeve white shirt. And he goes, okay, Mom, I'm sitting here in jeans and a long-sleeve white shirt. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Uh, I remember this. And then, and then I told him a scenario that had played out. I said, I'm not telling you to be afraid or be fearful. I just want you to be aware, keenly aware, and maybe pray. So I hung up with him. And in my mind, you know, I'm thinking, why did I call him and tell him that? I could have just prayed. But I didn't. I, I called and revealed it to him. Now, God could have been speaking to him through a certain situation because of what I did. I don't know. Sure. But 
Anyway, that's a daydream. I mean, it or, or a day vision even. Like I'm having this vision. God allowed me to peek into a situation to help bring possible protection for one of my children. Yeah, and he responded differently probably through the course of that night than he yeah, would have if it hadn't possibly, happened. Possibly, absolutely. And, and, and what I love this because we talk about the difference. We haven't said this in a long time, so it's a good time to say it. The difference between a dream and a vision. A dream is metaphorical. A vision is literal. And the problem is... We can't always distinguish between whether it's a dream or a vision or a vision and a dream or a dream and a vision or multiple dreams and multiple visions mixed together or et cetera, et cetera. And that's a very, from the Christian standpoint, that's a very uh, biblical perspective. If you just want to go back and look at some ancient writings, look at Daniel, a guy named Daniel, Mm -hmm. and his dreams and visions were all mixed up. Well, if somebody asked me, was that a literal vision? Was that a metaphorical vision? Here's what I would say. If it's literal, that means something plays out. So did something bad happen? I asked him, and he said, no, nothing bad happened. But that could be because he prayed or I prayed or we were keenly aware of a situation. And it was avoided because of the literal vision that was avoided because because of yeah. uh, it being declared, or maybe and he left early, observed and watched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know this, but it's really cool because this kind of a conversation. Look out there, whether you agree with us or you don't agree with us on some of the things we've talked about. I understand there's different perspectives yeah. on it. It doesn't change the method that's used for dream interpretation. It's a spiritual process. We have to be discerning and hearing in our spirit. We have to be, from my perspective, I call it dependent upon the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to speak to the Spirit of man, my spirit, and have that communion and communication going on that gives us clarity as to what the metaphors mean and what the interpretation of the dream is. And that is such a deep spiritual experience to me that I do not want to ever limit it and say it has boundaries that it doesn't. And that's why we have a conversation like this, to be open to those unique and interesting uh, things. Yes. Well, we're at the end of our time, Michael French. We are. We've talked. Well, I love topics like this where I don't even realize we've reached our uh, time limit. I know. It's just fun. But I guess that since we have, we should just go ahead and say, until next time, keep dreaming.